OHL Hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Boat Podcast. Originating from the 570 News Studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. Have I mentioned that we're seeing a lot of each other lately? <laughs> like a lot. Uh, yeah. Our significant other. others are saying, uh, why do you spend more time with him than you spend with me? I called her Mike the other day. What does that say? We were just cooking. Not much Don't for worry. her. We were, just, we were just cooking. We were cooking. It's fine. No, it's a, it's a lot of hockey coming down the stretch here for the Kitchener Rangers. But dating back to what, February 1st, I think it was, every, we didn't have more than three days off. Yeah. Factor in some podcasts and a few road trips on our own. And uh, it's a busy time of year. That's why we are as tight as we are. Must be. That's got to be it. Like bosom buddies, you yeah. and I. Yeah. But the good news, though, if uh, you're a fan of the Rangers, isn't that we're together a lot. It's that this team's had to have the mindset of playoff hockey lately. We take a look at their their schedule as of late. They've seen Ottawa, Niagara, and now we got London and Guelph back-to-back with Mississauga, who who beat Ottawa, Niagara, and London um, this month. And now it's heading down the final stretch here in the last handful of games. Eight games left for the Rangers before they actually count. Don't forget Sault Ste. Marie in yeah. that mix. A team that I like to look at as one against which the Rangers kind of exercised a ghost this year, despite the thrilling, dramatic, double overtime Western Conference Game 7 final of a year ago. The Rangers did not beat Sault Ste. Marie during the regular season, and they've done so now twice this year, including the most recent victory. That, of course, leaves the mighty, mighty London Knights in that sort of realm of teams thou must beat to exercise ghosts and I'm not even sure one victory will do it the Rangers had a few of those last year versus the Knights when the Rangers were loaded for bear but this year again the season series thus far has been all London we'll see how it works out this coming weekend when as you mentioned we see the Knights but yeah it's uh it's it's a good time I think for Kitchener Rangers fans to see how their team has responded to that sort of playoff like intensity night in night or at least that schedule that that sort of uh, routine and as you've said many a time the team is seemingly setting itself up as the best of the worst the top team in that lower tier as don cameron would have called it yeah i think owen sound is still within striking dis- striking distance just four points back uh with a game in hand now on kitchener and i think if you talk to anybody in owen sound They'll be happy just to make the playoffs after some of the trades they made, uh, but they're still within striking distance of Kitchener. I th- I was thinking back and I was trying to figure out, looking at both teams' schedules, if the two wins against Mississauga clinched fifth place for Kitchener, they may well have. I, I think, think because I I had them going fifty fifty on that one and one. Yep. Most people would have, I think. It's tough to yeah. win back-to-back in a home-and-home, home, right? For sure. But I, I still think that this team's fortunes, like I said, coming into the second half of the season, uh, this team's fortunes lie entirely, in my opinion, on how well they play against that very team that's closest to them, Owen Sound. And if you look down the stretch with these eight games remaining, four of them, four of them, are against Owen Sound and Erie. For whatever reason, the Rangers have struggled against Erie this year, but you keep your act together against the Otters and you pick up the points you need against Owen Sound. And again, I think the Rangers have established themselves as the team to beat in the lower tier, and they've got that position right now. It's theirs to hold on to if they so choose. The way they're playing, I don't think they're going to have an issue. Um, As a fan, I would love to see it come down to the final two games of the season where it's a home-and-home with those Owen Sound attack. Yeah, for sure. But, well, right? I'll tell you what, can I be selfish for a, a fan? Can I be selfish for a minute? Sure. Okay. It's a podcast. You can do whatever you want. The home and home with the Owen Sound attack closes out the Kitchener Rangers regular season. Games number 67 and 68. Now, imagine if you will, my friend. Yeah. Going into game 68 at the Lummer on a Saturday night in March when there is zero at stake in the standings. Tell me, honestly, and selfishly, that you want any part, any part of a mailed-in game Saturday night in Owen Sound. The hell I'm getting on that bus if that's the case. That's all I'm saying. I uh, I have something planned for that day. See? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm going to call the option? <laughs> I mean, I've, and I, I've had this in the back of my mind because I would love to see it come right down. Yeah. But if it doesn't come right down 
and that last game is meaningless in the standings, oh my gosh, why are we making that trip? I love you, Owen Sound. I really do. But I, I got better places to be on a Saturday night. Could you imagine? What, oh, what else would we do? So many things if you weren't in Owen Sound. But that would be a tough game to, to be at, to watch, to be a part of, and to call. We still have to give Owen Sound its due as having among the hardiest fan base in the Ontario Hockey League. We were up there during a snowstorm earlier in the season, late January actually, and 492 fans made it to the game. And they announced that, which was good on them. We were just in Mississauga this week for a school day game that was also hampered by bad weather. Buses canceled around the GTA. And they announced, well, they listed online 5,042 we're <laughs> guesstimating about 600 fans were there. I wish I wish Mississauga had done it the honest way, too, and just said this is how many fans came in the building. They offered the free tickets. I feel bad for the Steelheads. I really do. It's just you, you can't predict that stuff. You put a lot of effort into these school day games to attract that new fan base. You do all the special things, and then Mother Nature just comes and throws a massive wrench into it all. But I would have liked to know the actual number. I still think the 492, the low of 492, goes to Owen Sound. I think that... Uh I, I'm with you. I feel bad for the organization because they rely on those school day games Absolutely. almost. That's, those are their biggest draws all year. And as annoying sometimes as they are for broadcasters or people that scouts in that building who are just trying to watch a hockey game to have, you know, 5,000 kids screaming their faces off, it's cool for the players. It's a loud atmosphere, right? There's people that are into the game at least. And it would have been nice to see that, especially in Mississauga because we don't see a big fan a uh, fan attendance regularly uh, at the Paramount Fine Foods Center. Um, it's tough. I wonder they they gave up free or they gave up free admission to anybody who wanted to come down. But there was still two schools that yep. showed up. Yep. I want to know where they came from. Kitchener buses buses were canceled, <laughs> and if they got their money back because apparently schools got their money back for the tickets, but they free admission. The schools braved the elements to come. And you're going to charge them for it? Jeez, now you're going to start a conspiracy. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. It was nice to see at least two schools uh, showed up, though, because those school day games are fun for the kids. Absolutely. Right? Our daughter was at home saying, I wish we could go to a school day game. I'm like, you shut up and study. <laughs> I, I got to give credit to the some of the Ranger fans who uh, obviously knew it was a school day game and brought their kids anyway. Said, fine, Mississauga kids are getting off. You can come <laughs> to the Ranger game, too. I loved it. There was Rangers fans. I said on the broadcast, but... I went for a walk around the bowl before the doors even opened. And keep in mind, there's a snowstorm outside. It was like we were in a snow globe. And there was Ranger fans in Rangers jerseys standing outside the door, waiting for those doors to open. Outside, freezing cold, blowing snow. Amazing. And they're just waiting for the doors to open. I was like, sit in your car for five minutes. I, I just thought... That is Rangers Nation in a nutshell. Well, and might even be Junior Hockey Nation. I mean, fans in this league, they're pretty, <laughs> they're something else. They are, but like, I, I find it not funny or comical. I don't know if I have the right word for it, but even before games at home, at the odd, like there's a, there's a lineup of people waiting for the doors to, and like, they don't like wait like in the lobby. They're at the door. They want to be in there first. And I'm just like, I don't think some of the players really uh, know how um, how die hard the fans really are. They're waiting there an hour and a half before the game at the door, wanting to get in there first and walk around the concourse and grab their pop and grab their popcorn. I love it. I do too, because you and I are obviously there hours before puck drop to start doing our work. And if we're ever out in the bowl or in the concourse, wherever it may be, I love seeing the fans that are already in their seats at by 6.35. The doors open at 6.30, and then they're just there. They might have brought a snack from home. They might just be talking, taking in the atmosphere, but they are so diehard that they want to maximize their minutes inside the arena. I think it's fantastic. Right? Uh, I did an opening for Rogers TV a couple of years ago, and it was talking about the new-look team and how these the new coaching staff had just come in, the new general manager, all the new players, all the new faces. And I said at the end, I'm like, once they get on the ice, it's Friday night. It's familiar. Rangers hockey at the odd. It's what you do. And I think people raised in this region just get it. It's like, well, that's what we do. Friday night, there's like, you never make plans on a Friday night because, well, we're going to the Ranger game. Oh, we're going to the Ranger game. Oh, my grandfather had seasons. Then my father had seasons. Now I have seasons. We go to the Ranger game. That's what we do on the weekend. A lot of markets would envy that for sure. We're, we're really lucky 
really lucky here in Kitchener. Just wait until the new arena's built. Yeah. And then they can get more season ticket holders in there. That's a good idea. I like the way you're thinking. We'll put it in Cambridge. We, um, <laughs> I'm pretty excited for this pod because we've got a uh, former OHL champion with us, and he may have played a year or two or several in the National Hockey League as well. We'll be hearing from him in a little bit, and there's also a pretty neat record to touch on. It's uh, about 10 minutes in, we should say. This is the Firewall and Pope podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us. I was just getting there. Oh, were you? Yeah, because we have an OHL champion on this podcast and sponsorship opportunities still available. Reach out any time at Farwell underscore OHL on Twitter or at underscore Chris Pope. Use the hashtag AskFNP and uh, ask a question or offer your sponsorship. Real quickly, sponsorship. Who does our three stars at the end of the game? Water Smart Systems. Shout out to Water... You know what? This podcast is brought to you by Water Smart Systems. All I right. installed my uh, water softener the other day. So thanks a lot to Water Smart Systems. Flawless. Left them a key, goes and sets it up, leaves me a little handwritten note on how to look after it and what I need to do and all this kind of stuff. Called me, made sure I was okay. If it, was, it was okay if he went in. Called me, said, hey, do you want your main tap set up to the water softener? Great experience with Water Smart Systems. Interesting you bring up the three stars. Still done in Kitchener with Integrity. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, I thought you were going to go off again. No. Nope. Uh, so we have an OHL champion uh, on the podcast. We also have someone that has set a Kitchener Rangers franchise record. And I didn't think there was any more franchise records to be set, given that this franchise has been around for so long. But when you... It's true. But when you think about it, it's... I think it's more special than it sounds on the surface. You have to let it sink in for a moment, right? So... Well, let's just let's just get to it. The the record setting player is named Joseph Gareffa. Uh he might still be, even with the additions of Patizian more recently, and other small ish players, he might still come in as the smallest in stature on the team. Uh but Joseph Gareffa has played in as of the time of this recording now, two hundred and three Consecutive, and that's where I think you have to let it sink in for a second. 203 consecutive OHL games. And on occasion of number 200 in a row, establishing that new Rangers record, we talked to head coach Jay McKee about his resident Ironman. I remember the first yoga session we had back when he was 16 he was sitting next to me we were kind of in the back of the whole uh, group and and i remember him sitting there just leaning on his arms not doing anything and i kind of snapped on him and told him if he's going to be part of the team he better start doing something here and and he got he snapped back into it and then a a few minutes later he was just kind of leaning on his elbow and i kind of gave it to him again i said joey you have two options you can get up walk out here and go sit in the dressing room by yourself or you can get involved with the rest of your teammates and something changed in him i don't know if it was was that moment or something uh, early in his first season where i mean look at him now he's been on the bike for the last 10 minutes while other guys are taping six and doing other stuff he just he's a kid that loves being at the arena he loves putting that extra work in he he just uh he's a great kid he's uh, we've obviously used him in many different positions center left wing right wing defense the only position he hasn't played is goaltender um and he does it all with a smile and enjoys it and and uh He's just a treat to be around. So he, he's uh, just really matured and, and become a leader. And, uh, you know, he has the ability to take, take charge on the ice in, in numerous different positions, which you never see out of a player. So we're very fortunate to have a guy like Joe Graffa. Pulling back the curtain a bit, because I have a computer in front of me real quick while we were playing that clip, Joseph Graffa has one inch on Mike Petizian. There we go. Graffa 5'7", Mike Petizian 5'6". The last time Joseph Graffa did not play a game was March 6th, 2016. So we are fast coming up on three years to the day. But And I'm almost, I almost don't even want to say it out loud because it's like talking about shutouts mid-game, ah, right? Yeah. And so you know where I'm going with this and I won't even go any don't further because it. I'm just going to yeah. just knock on the table here. But that, you don't want to say it out loud. I didn't want to talk about it too much around number 200, but here we are, 203 going strong. He has established a new career high in points already this year. He continues to add to that. Just this week, he scored goal number 25. That ties a career season high. He's likely to break that in the final 
eight games of this season for the Rangers, and and he's just a kid that's been a lot of fun to be around. Just make sure you get to the Caruso's buffet before he does, or there won't be any meatballs left. I have no idea where he puts all the food we see him eat. I really don't. The guy eats a ton. Uh, that uh, March 6, 2016 game was a 4-1 loss to the London Knights. Matthew Kachuk was still in the league, for what it's worth. Uh, so we had a chance to catch up with the Iron Man for the Kitchener Rangers, Joseph Garepa. Did you uh, know that you were headed into game number 200 straight last night before we mentioned it to you? Uh, no, I actually didn't even know. And then uh, I think some guys were just told me on the bus, and then I was like, oh, I guess. Because like, I heard about it before that I was, I was going to come up to 200, uh, I guess, soon and all that. But, yeah, I, I totally forgot about it. I wasn't really thinking about it. What does that number mean to you when you stop to think about it for a second? No, it's pretty cool, I guess. You know what? Uh, you don't really see too many guys, I guess, in you know OHL playing 200 consecutive straight games. So I guess you know what? Uh, that's pretty cool to do. You know, I guess it means you know you've worked hard and uh, kept yourself in decent shape to do it. So no, I'm pretty proud of myself. Your coach told us last night the story of a rookie Joseph Kareffa in a yoga class, and he said you might have been dogging it a little bit in that class. And he told you snap out of it. You got two choices here: one is go back to the dressing room and sit there by yourself; the other is be a part of this team. Did that uh, did that make something snap for you? So you knew you flipped that switch. Yeah, I think you know it's uh, you learn right, and uh, you know, I'm never really a big yoga guy even now, right? So you know maybe you know what. Uh, you got to learn, you know, you got to always put in your best effort and, uh, you know, maybe don't, uh, you know, half, uh, you know, dog some things a bit. Uh, you know, you, you can't really do that. So that was, that was a big learning experience. And that was one thing that really, you know, opened, your, opened my eyes. And, uh, you know, I, and I think from that, that turned the page. And really from there, I think I, you know, turned it on and worked a lot harder and all that. And uh, so I was a good eye opener and all that. And uh, I still, I'm still not a big yoga guy, though. Okay, so you're not a yoga guy, but we know you're a cold tub guy. You're always on the bike. You're doing things to keep yourself fit. Is there a secret to 200 consecutive games in this league? I think, you know what, uh, there's not, you know, there's guys, you know, there, you see guys like, like, like Phil Kessel. I mean, he's on like a big, he's almost like 800 straight in the NHL, and you look at him, you're like, wow, right? You know, he's doing it. So it, it depends. Like, there's guys that are in great shape, and, you know, they're getting hurt, and there's maybe guys that are in, aren't, aren't as in great shape that can play, you know, keep, can keep playing. So I think, you know, it's more just also, too, just, I think, knowing your body and all that and, and just doing the little things, too. Like, I guess, you know, always, you know, keeping yourself in shape, like running and, you know, getting that extra little lifting and all that. But, you know, also, too, I think just uh, stretching, too, keeping your body healthy and, uh, you know, keeping your head up on the ice. Do you Okay, let's start with that one then because I had another idea. But with that in mind, keeping your head up on the ice, this is a fast game. It's a physical game. Do you remember a time in these 200 games where you, you took a knock and you thought, boy, oh, boy, this might be it? I, I was trying to think about that. No, not really. I don't think really. I, I could think of, yeah, I've, I've taken big hits, but... Uh, you know, never really. I, I, I thought through, through these 200 games that I was I was ever going to miss a game. You know, I, I never really felt like that. And you know, I, I want to play. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to come to the rink and uh, have to watch the guys play out there because I want. I want to be out there and all that. And uh, I sat enough out my first year there and went all salty scratch. And uh, you know, I didn't really enjoy uh, sitting up there in the stands. So no, I I enjoy being out there and I uh, try to try to get to play every game. I was going to ask. Uh before that about coming into the rink someday maybe you're just not feeling it maybe it whatever the case might be as has there ever been a day like that you're like i'm not sure i can go today but then you force yourself to get out there nah you know, i want to be out there uh, <laughs> never never came to the rink I, I, not that i can remember the past 200 consecutive that i was like ah i'm gonna take it off and also so it's been pretty much like yeah i've been ready to go every game day and i've been excited to come to the rink have you ever taken one of the younger guys and maybe talked to them like jay talked to you back in your rookie year saying come on guys let's snap out of this yeah, not really. I think, you know, a lot of the rookies are working pretty hard. You know, I kind of just maybe uh, if, they, if they're going through a little tough time, like slump or whatever, not scoring or whatever, just say, you know what, uh, you're young, you know, just keep working hard and, you know, you've been playing well and all that stuff and try to keep their spirits up. But, uh, you know, they all work pretty hard. So it's good. When you started in this league, Joe, maybe you don't think about 200 straight games. Maybe you don't think about the total number of games. But when you came into this league, what are you dreaming about in the Ontario Hockey League? I think I think obviously the big thing uh, I watched always OHL growing up it was the best I loved watching it and I always wanted to win a championship I think that was that was the number one thing you know I never really thought about uh, you know uh, game straight or how many points you're going to get uh, you know I always wanted to win win a championship and and all that so you know that's always my goal and you know obviously I still got this year and uh, next year to do it so you know I'm, that's what I'm thriving for. What about that taste you had of that last year? So close up in the suit. Yeah, a tough one. Uh, I mean, it dep- depends on the guy. Like some guys, obviously, get over it pretty quick. But I think for me, it, uh, it was pretty tough because uh, 
you know, hey, that's, that could be my only chance really to get that far and, you know, it'd be one goal from the finals. Uh, you know, it was going to be pretty cool. It would have been pretty cool. I love that kid. I really do. One of my all-time favorite players that I've been around in this league. He's always good for an interview. He's always laughing and joyous, at least give him 10 minutes after a loss to feel bad about it. But I just think his overall attitude and his outlook on life and everything about him, I just think it's outstanding. You can't help but smile when you see him. Yeah, and I I feel the homer like I often do. I'm born and raised in Kitchener. I've made no bones about that. I'm fortunate to be in the position to call games for the Kitchener Rangers. Do I I get a little more excited when they score than the other team? Sure. But I'd go as far as you with this comment around geography. He's just, he is. He's, he's a kid. And look, we've, we've met players from other teams that are great to talk to and, and enjoyable. In fact, I, I can count on one hand, I think, the number of jerks I've run into in this league as yep. players that don't give you the time of day or give you really lousy interviews or anything like that. Uh, you're right. Joe is just, he's, he's a good young man. He's a treat to be around. And, and I, again, as reluctant as I am to even utter it out loud and, and put it onto a recording, but the season he's having this year, I hope there's another level for him in his OA campaign next year because I just I just want to see this guy succeed. I think he's got a, a great future in hockey ahead of him. I 100% agree. And it's one of those things, like if you remember back in his sophomore year when he put up 25, many people said, oh, it's because of the team around him. And then last year when he put up 53 assists, it was, oh, well, you were playing with Maskerin. Uh, you were playing with Sherwood. The year before it was Maskerin and Brocco. This year, it's because he's Joseph Gareffa, and that's just what he does. He has had now six multi-point games in his past seven. Yeah. He's on a seven-game... No, he, that's right. The one game he didn't have a no, multi-point no, game, he had no points. Or no, seven-game point streak. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, 15 points in seven games. Yeah. Decent. He, he's been going okay. Uh, real quick, because I, I know we want to get to the Western Conference and how it's shaping up, but another guy who uh, I was a big fan of on this team, who was actually on the team the last time Joseph Graffa didn't play a game. Okay, so almost three years ago, yeah. back in March of 2016. And is a member of the University of Waterloo men's hockey team, stick tap to Jake Henderson. Laurier. Or Laurier, who signed a pro deal. Yes. Signed an East Coast Hockey League deal with the KC Mavericks. a boy, Hendo. I just think when, uh, when a player, you think that you know the pro dream may be up if you go to youth sports. It's not, even for a guy like Hendo. Are you telling me he's graduated already? Man, he must have been on the accelerated plan. Who knows? Good for him, though. Um, So this Western Conference. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on the last episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast looking at the Eastern Conference. And if you you missed it, by the way, you should go back and check it out uh, because we had the general managers of the top teams in the East, Joey Burke with Niagara and James Boyd with Ottawa. This West, though. London running away with it. Still? Yeah. I Maybe not running away with it anymore, but certainly at the top, and there's only a handful of games left. They're at 89 points. The Saginaw Spirit and Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds are both at 85. It's been intriguing to me to watch Saginaw climb the way it has in this second half to now be deadlocked with Sault Ste. Marie, having just won the head-to-head matchup in the Sioux earlier the week of this recording. But you talk about the London Knights, and for a while, it seemed to be, the story seemed to be, was Sault Ste. Marie going to overtake the Knights? And, I mean, look, even where they are right now, running second to third, still very close to London, is a bit of a surprise, but people started talking, you and I among them, geez, this Sioux team against everyone's expectations may finish first. But I think now with all of that attention being paid to the London Knights ahead of them, you know, sometimes you forget to look in the rear view mirror and here come the hard charging Saginaw spirit. That's a pretty interesting story to me for the two, three spot. It's almost, they're playing the kind of hockey right now down the stretch that has me second guessing a lot of what I've said in the past points in nine of their last 10, like, and we saw that's a really good hockey club. They got the offense to, to do it. But each time Kitchener has played Saginaw, all Jay McKee talks about is the fourth line in Saginaw. They're big, they're fast, and they're heavy. And they just beat the crap out of you. And they have a goaltender that when he's on, he's on in Prosvitov. The, the coaching change seems to have done wonders. 
bringing in Drinkle. They signed him to an extension the other day. Lazary? Yeah, Drinkle. Or, sorry, Drinkle in was the GM. La- yeah. Brought in Lazary, signed him to an extension. I, I don't know. That Saginaw team is scary. And I hope, as a fan, that those two teams do hold on to the spots they have right now, whether it be Saginaw second and or Sioux second, whoever, just two, three, and they win the first round. Because I think that would just be an outstanding second round matchup. You're going to get me going again, though. You're going to get me going well, I know. on this. Reece, because, I know. Right? It's dumb. How many times? I'm with you. How many times do we have to see? Right? Because let's just say the current one through four in the West goes through the first round. So your second round is London versus Guelph oh, and Sioux like versus Saginaw. I'm just saying, let's say, right? If that's, I mean, you want any two of those teams out of your playoffs in the semifinals? Shut up. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Anyway, I, I, that's a conversation. Well, four other teams in the playoffs do. Yeah, on the Eastern <laughs> Conference. You're right. Exactly. Oh, no, I'm, well, I meant on the West because that means they've made it through the second round. Right? You're saying if you want one of those guys out in the second round, there's a lot of other teams in the West playoffs that hope they don't make it through the first round. I guess. Yeah. I just I just think it's it's rather criminal when you when you look at it. And you know, it's it's the way the ball bounces in this league. But I I, I dearly hope that at some point we figure it out in the Ontario Hockey League to just say, you know what happens when the playoffs begin? We just put the teams back into the mixing bowl and it's 1 through 16. Stop with your arguments about travel and the student athlete and this stop it. The the kids will figure out how to get their homework done and you will have a much better OHL final. The Knights have only won 4 of their last 10. So this was a team I wanted to focus on. And if you're going to take a little bit of a dip, now is the time obviously to do it. Disagree. I well, now as in late February, mm. early March, as opposed to mid-March, late March when the playoffs are underway. But you're right. A 9-4 loss to the Mississauga Steelheads, a 4-1 loss to the Peterborough Peets, a 7-3 loss to the Guelph Storm. Hello, who are these London Knights right now? I don't know. I wish I could, I wish I've seen enough of their games when we, or of those games to talk about it, but the, my biggest question, and I maybe should have done some research beforehand, but here I am, is I wonder if Dale is not playing some of his big stars because he knows he's going to ride them in two weeks. That's not Dale's style. I well, I know think. it's he not, tends but he, to I don't be. think he... But don't forget, Formanton was away for an extended period. He's just still kind of getting worked back into the lineup, right? So there was a long time without him. Not that, I mean, he's been around for this 10-game stretch during which they've only got those four wins, but he was spotted in to the lineup game on, game off sort of thing when he first came back. But I'm, I'm not concerned about this team at all. They remain my pick for the Western Conference. I think they'll come out of it, but they're, they're making me doubt myself. And the case of beer, I bet you. You got the field. I got the London Knights. I'm so winning that case. I'm going to make it a case of bud. <laughs> you know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how our bets work. I know, I know. Winner gets to choose. Uh, they sit with 89 points right now. And they've been head and shoulders above everybody in the West all year long. You look at the East, the top seed is Ottawa, obviously, at 93 points. Does that make what Sault Ste. Marie did last year at 116 points to cap the season even more impressive? Oh, it certainly does. There's no question about that. I was thinking that very thing uh, as I considered the standings this week and Ottawa might likely will crack the 100 point barrier. It's going to be a bit of a stretch, a bit for London to get there. Certainly the way they're playing right now, but we're not going to have one of those seasons where you see two or three or even four across both conferences, hundred point teams. It's just yeah. not going to be that kind of a year. 116 points. Like yeah. that's, that's crazy last year. Anyway, I just want to call that out. Do you think Guelph has found it? Yeah. I, well, Listen, and we see a lot of the Guelph Storm, and the last time we saw the Guelph Storm, we quite honestly saw the Kitchener Rangers dummy them in their own barn. It was just 5-2, I'm not sure, tells the entire story of how dominant the Rangers were in that game. And we weren't the only ones, I'm sure, questioning the Guelph Storm and how that team had been going since the trade deadline. On paper, 
you look at that Guelph Storm team and you're thinking, okay, this is a team that's going to march all the way into an OHL final and possibly right into Halifax for the Memorial Cup, but they just hadn't for whatever reason. Now it's five wins in a row, including the aforementioned 7-3 win over the London Knights. So, yeah, I'm starting to think the Guelph Storm have figured something out. I don't know if they have. I think I always said that, uh, you know, come playoff time, they are a good enough team that they would be the type of team that would be able to just flip it on. I just don't know if they're the, if they've really flipped it on yet. Because what we saw from that Guelph Storm team was a team that just didn't care. They didn't, they weren't trying. They they thought our talent is good enough to win us hockey games, and that's just what's going to happen. And you don't have to be around this league too long to find out that's not what happens. It's the Ontario Hockey League. Anybody can beat anybody any night. How about the upset of the season? Ooh. Probably just a week ago. When the Kingston Frontenacs beat Mikey DiPietro and the Ottawa 67. So any loss that your team suffered this season that left you a little down in the face, I don't think anything compares to Kingston upending Ottawa. No, it doesn't. And but by it- the way, Kingston screwing themselves in the Shane Wright sweepstakes, but yeah. whatever. Um, I look. I look at that. Like the last string Guelph is on. And yes, they've won five. And it happened after the loss to Kitchener. But that first game after the loss to Kitchener, also at home, just three days later, they needed overtime to beat Flint. Then they beat Flint 8-1. to one. They've got a win over Erie overtime again in this five-game run. So yeah, like, you're not exactly... That impressive. I hear you. That team should be some mashing teams. Well, what about 7-3 over London? That's pretty impressive. But we've talked about London struggles. But they in, also lost to Mississauga. We just saw them twice. Yeah. How that hockey team that we saw beats London? And Niagara and That's Ottawa. what I mean. But to your point that started this whole thread of the conversation, it's the Ontario Hockey League, man. I, I get it. Right? But that, that tells me then London or that Guelph hasn't figured it out yet. Because, yes, anybody can beat anybody, but look at that roster. I know they're without Cam Hillis. I know they have injury problems. I get all that. It shouldn't matter. Their top line should is should be good for three, four goals a game. Like they're gross. The epitome of gross they are. And needing overtime to beat Erie, being beat by Kitchener, almost losing to Flint. Like that that tells me they don't have it figured out. That tells me they're relying on their talent. And they're just like, ho-hum, let's go through the motions. Because your talent can win you hockey games. Sure, it can. But it's not going to pick you up points in 9 of 10 like Saginaw has right now. It's going to have you beaten Erie in overtime and Flint in overtime. Because then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now we go. We need a goal. And I I, I don't think they have it figured out. And time's running out. I don't know if it's good enough where they can flip the switch and that attitude changes. And my biggest thing when I look at that is, yeah, they picked up some superstars out of London. A London team that took the Sioux Greyhounds last year to Game 7, but they couldn't get it done. Owen Sound. Or Sorry, Sue. yeah. They took the Sioux to Game 7, people from Owen Sound. That's my third mistake. I should just shut up. <laughs> they picked up people from Owen Sound who took the Sioux to Game 7 last year. Yeah. Couldn't get it done. These wow. players on Guelph... Couldn't get it done. Maybe. Yeah, you know what? Listen, I I, uh, I remain uh, What does warm. Mackenzie Entwistle have to prove right now? Or is he just wanting to stay healthy until he goes pro next year? Or at the end of this year, even? I had a great talk with a scout just coming into the trade deadline. And he talked about that very thing. He talked about when you're shopping, shop for the guys without the contracts. Those are the hungry guys. Those are the guys that think, man, if I get onto an extended playoff run here, I'm going to have more eyes on me come mid-April, late April, and, of course, out in Halifax in May. So I, I hear you, Pulper. I know where you're coming from. One of those players that wasn't moved and does have a contract but seems to play like he wants to win every game, doesn't just rely on his talent, is a guy like Morgan Frost. And that's where I think guys like that come playoffs are a difference maker. That guy... They're a difference maker. After seeing him for all these years in the league, just continues to impress. It, it seems as as tough as the going gets, the tougher he gets. We're, we're going off plan here. I just want to throw this in, though. Sure. 
I talked to him before the game when the Sioux was in town, and he had this to say about how much he wants to win an OHL championship. Someone mentioned to me the other day when talking about this game, how come the league gave the Sioux such an easy travel schedule and yet Kitchener had to do this and that last week? And I said, do you realize what they have to go through on a weekly basis? How tough is the travel when you are a part of this hockey club? Mm, I mean, I think it's definitely tougher when you're yeah. 16 or 17. I mean, I remember when I first came to the team, I was... Uh, it sucked at the beginning. You're like, like I, I used to think I had two-hour drives to my cottage, and I used to think that would take forever. And then it'd be eight-hour road trips, five-hour day trips. So, um, I mean, it, it gets easier as you get older in the league. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough for our team, but I think it's just something that comes with playing for such a great organization. And um, I mean, we've had such a great road record ever since I've played here, so I don't think it's affected us too much. Have you found a good way to sleep on the bus yet? No, 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 honestly. I mean, even even today, I tried to sleep from Windsor to Kitchener, and uh, I forgot my good pillow, so I had my small one. My neck's kind of sore. Pretty tight. Looking at your last two seasons and then halfway through this point, I didn't know if your game could go to another level, and obviously the last six games, I think it's went to another level. How are you feeling? Pretty good. I mean, um, just kind of doing the same thing. I didn't try and change anything, just... Um, you know, I've played with such great players here, so got to give credit to those guys. But um, I mean, I, I think there's just a level of confidence, and I think sometimes when I when I get that going to you know more of an extent than other times, I think that's when I when I can really take off. So um, you know, my confidence is, is at an all-time high right now, and, and I think that's when I play my best. You mentioned those high-level players, and there were plenty of them last year for sure. There's still a couple here this year. Is this year's is is your your stats this year? Do you take more pride in them that you don't have the likes of the Kachuks and the Radishes and so on and so forth? Um, I mean, I mean that's yeah, that's kind of something that's tough to think about. I think, like you said, we still have um, some high-end players. I mean, obviously, last year we were pretty stacked and, and had a, a lot of high-end players, but um, we still have some some really good players this year, obviously, and uh, like I said before, like a lot of credit to them. I don't think. Try and try and compare years. I mean, uh, probably helped a little bit last year just because you know how good our team was, and uh, you know, like you said, Radish and Kachuker. Obviously, we're star players in this league, but um, I mean, at the same time, have star players this year, so kind of just the same mentality. The way last year ended and the World Juniors how it ended this year. How determined are you to win an OHL championship right now? Pretty determined. I mean, I don't. I don't really remember the last time I I won something kind of big like that. I, I must have been like ten or eleven. So, uh, you know, the, the individual stuff's one thing, but like, you definitely want to kind of win stuff as a team, and that's something that um, you know I'm kind of missing right now. And, and that kind of I kind of lose sleep uh, over that every once in a while, and, and it definitely sucks. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely motivated, and especially this being my last year. I think um, I'm going to do everything I can to help the team, and I think the guys are on board with that that's uh you know it's it's we're, we're trying to win an OHL championship just make sure you have your good pillow thanks mark <laughs> i'll try my best yeah it probably helps and as much as he wants to win that ohl championship look the sioux you can't write them off with frost and hayton and Sambrook and volalta and how to shell and how, how many more do you want me to list off right hollowell but his best chance was last year he knows it 100 percent there's no doubt about it. They ran into injury problems and got tired and got beat up. They, you know, he, he said, you know, last year going up against Owen Sound and Kitchener in back-to-back rounds wore us out. No, he said no disrespect to other teams, but those are two of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And they were. They wore them out. I just don't know. Going back to the original thought, I don't think Guelph has it figured out yet. And I think some of those guys need to figure it out if they want to make it as deep as they're expected to. Sure, they'll get by the first round, probably, maybe, depending on who they face. They might even get by the second round. But to do what that team was built to do, like that's that's OHL championship or bust. Of course. It might even not be a stretch to say that's Memorial Cup or bust. That's how much they went out and got and how many moves they made. Like that, that gives a whole new meaning to chips on the table that we've seen in recent past. Absolutely. No question. So how much fun is it going to be in Kitchener this weekend with Guelph and London coming through? Fans can take that in. Come on over. There's always an extra seat or two. We'll always find you one at the odd. Or 
will all, all eyes be on the actual biggest game of the weekend? Flint, Kingston. Oh, that you is want to talk to about watch. chips on the table, eh? They <laughs> right? <laughs> but, okay, what are they calling it? Do it right for right? I can't remember. I don't know. Do it 20, wrong for right? 28 points for Kingston, 27 for Flint. I ask you this, Mike Farwell. Yes. Both 60 games played. Again, 27 for Flint, 28 for Kingston. Who gets the first overall pick? Flint. Do both teams try during that game? <laughs> I hope so. I really do. I just think, I, I say Flint because I think it would be hilarious that Kingston, by virtue of beating Ottawa, put themselves out of the sweepstakes. <laughs> right? I Listen, I'm all for a rebuild. I'm not for tanking, if you will. But everything Flint has went through, I want them so bad to get Shane right. So bad to the point where I say, Barkley Branch, please call up an AP goaltender for the game. Bring up somebody from Junior C. Stop no disrespect it. to Junior C. That's where I played most of my career. Stop it. Bring up a kid from Junior C and sit Ty Delandria. Send a message. Okay. Now you're just being ridiculous. Maybe. But I still think it would be awesome. Wouldn't that just be like, <laughs> sorry, guys. We, we want Shane Wright. That'd be like the team that uh, pulled the goalie in overtime. Yeah. Right? A f- couple of weeks ago. Because I don't know what Strat- the aggregate points were or whatever there. it was. Yeah. Anyway. They needed the extra point. Yeah. so They needed the win. Flint doesn't want the win, so you do something outrageous. I don't mind it. Why not? We need a little bit more right? intrigue in yeah. this league it this be year. Right? Uh, we call up the AP goaltender to back up. No, uh, he's starting tonight. All right. Anyway, anyway let's get out of here. Yeah, well, let's, um, because all this talk about Morgan Frost wanting to win a championship. Joe Gareffa told us earlier he wants to win a championship. We're discussing and dissecting who might win a championship this year. We talked to a guy who actually did that. Well, you, you talked to him. I remember covering him in this league with one of the the better lines I've seen the Rangers assemble and uh, made a run all the way to the Memorial Cup that the Rangers were hosting back in 2008. I'm leaving it for you to to, to tee this oh, one up, baby, okay. because I see. It's, it's, this is your baby. You want me to tee him up? I got so I many... Th- enough. I know. What, where do you want to start? I got so many things to say about him. <laughs> you just ran off all his accolades. I will say that he is a, a sibling of four kids... That were raised outside of Drayton. Older sister Nicole, older sister Nathan, and younger sister Natasha. Nathan has his number retired. Nick might have played in the NHL for 437 <laughs> games, but no number retires for Nick Nick's balling, that's for sure. His brother paid me to say that. His sister just won a silver medal as the coach of the Niagara College volleyball team. What's Nick done for her? For himself lately, eh? Apparently talked to you, and that if that is <laughs> if that is the bar, boy, oh boy, I can see why Nick is not passing that bar exactly. or getting over that bar. Yeah, I got to get some shots in before we go over to former Kitchener Ranger and current Stray Cat, Nick Spalling. What do you take away from your time as a Ranger? Oh, I mean, being local, especially, it's you know, it's the best place in my books to play and. Um, I was fortunate to play here, obviously, growing up watching the Rangers, and I got, uh, you know, the opportunity to play here, and you couldn't have asked for anything more, but it's an uh, organization, once you play one game, you're part of the team, and you can stop in any time, and it's just such a great community, and it's, uh, you know, I just feel lucky to be a part of it. This game here, 40 minutes in, I said, after the first, or five minutes into the first, I said, you can almost feel the hate just already. Like, first couple shifts, you're like, these two teams don't like each other. Do you remember some of the battles you had with the 12th? Yeah, for sure. We were talking about it earlier that it's one of those things that you just, for being so close and, you know, at this age too, you get uh, you get that rivalry even more and you get uh, excited to kind of come here. And I haven't watched a lot of games this year, but Guelph looked like a bigger team at the start and warm-ups and everything. And it's been, uh, you know, Kitchener's not backing down. It's been fun to watch. It's a very physical game and a few penalties here and there, but it's, uh, you know, it's exciting to watch. Golf obviously, well, golf obviously uh, this year loaded up like Kitchener did last year. You were part of a couple load-ups for the Rangers. Obviously, the big one where you guys uh, won, the, won the championship. What was that season like? Yeah, I mean, well, first thing in Kitchener, I think, is you get... Everybody wants to kind of play there, so you get the opportunity to play with great players all the time, and I think my three years, we were kind of kind of a favorite, a touted team to win, and... and uh, 
my last year we obviously loaded up we got some big trades and mason came over and um just the buzz around the city and i think everybody had that excitement that you know we were hosting the memorial cup and and uh you're just almost ex- the expectations there but you know we were we were playing well and i think it's just a lot of fun you get the buzz of the city and there's nothing you can you know you can match that with how how could you describe the atmosphere in the auditorium during that run i was just trying to describe it down there to some friends i came with tonight and that was uh it's hard to do you can't really put it into words you know the crowds get loud at every game but it's just uh you know they're loud all year but as soon as we get into that last stretch and then into the playoffs and it's it's one of those things that you just you know you feel it you feel the excitement every time you go back into the odd now and i get i get kind of goosebumps going in there and you just uh, it's something you don't forget and as a player you love it and and i think that's why they got the best fans out there fast forward a few years almost 500 games in the national hockey league including quite the run with san jose um but again just coming up just short what was that playoff run like yeah, that was another one. I got reunited with a few Rangers there at Pete and Spotter, and um, it's it's a little bit of another level. Obviously, that Stanley Cup is something that everybody's chasing, and and uh, you know it's just that that next level of of excitement, and uh, it was awesome. You know, just to be a part of the festivities and everything around it, and the you know all the game day, pregame interviews, and all the stuff of media day and you just see so much so much hype and so much you know it's it's one of those things you got to kind of get past and get ready to play but it is you got to take it in when you're there it was it was cool to be a part of that it's tough to lose but at that level it was almost um still that experience was awesome to be to be that close um you know to win our conference and and uh yeah obviously everybody dreams of bringing that thing home to your town or to your hometown and being able to celebrate with your friends and family which is you know to be that close and not be able to do it is tough but uh at the same time not many people can go that far so it was a great experience when you go that far and you're in that position do you just like turn off your phone for the week of like the week leading up to it or do you get a burner phone and tell your parents hey this is my burner phone number if you need to get a hold of me yeah you get pretty selective <laughs> i've been lucky i'm pretty selective anyways who i talk to but i can <laughs> why are you talking to me <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly i usually buzz you out with them no. i uh yeah, that's one of those weeks where you're blowing up. I mean, but the, at the most part, it's it's uh, it's also a lot of support. So you got to accept, you know, you're happy to get it. It's hard to respond to everybody because you know it's it's an easy time for people to message you. But there's so much support out there. It's one of those things that makes you feel uh, very, you know, grateful for what you do, and you get to get support from so many different people, whether it's texts and messages on Instagram or whatever it is. It's uh, it's cool to see people come behind you and support you like they did. I, I hate to bring that up, but you lost to Pittsburgh. On the other side was a guy that you played with and Sid. Did he reach out after that? And what was it like playing with a guy like of that caliber? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously, I, no, he did. I talked after the game, but it's uh, being there the year before, it's a little, that makes it a little tougher, you know, watching your whole team win. But it's that's hockey at the same time. Um, but playing with a guy like that is, is really was eye-opening just to watch um, his work ethic and to be the best player and to see a guy put in that time is you know it really shows why he is there he is he is in my my mind the best player in the league i know there's some question marks now with the young kids coming up and and whatnot and there's definitely i think the league's closer in caliber than it's ever been but his uh, his work ethic he's put in definitely earns him that title in the past you know 10 years and he's been uh, he's been a great thing for hockey and the nhl growing the game and i think it's, it's just impressive you can't say enough good things about him on the ice and and off the ice his work ethic and the way he handles himself in communities he's, he's a great guy so I, lastly, real quick, I know I mentioned that your brother played here. You were a ranger. Where's the allegiance line in this one? In this falling household, you think? Oh, oh, in the household, you know, I, that's tough. I would have to say the Rangers, but I mean, uh, Nate's probably cheering for the storm a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he's got a grudge because he didn't, uh, you know, finish here. I don't know. It's, uh, Shots fired. Yeah, Shots no, fired. No, no, I think they, uh, you know, they enjoyed watching the games wherever, wherever the boys are playing. Spalling, Azevedo, Halaschuk. Pretty decent line, eh? Oh, my goodness. They were fun. They yeah. were fun. Was supposed to make, well, I shouldn't say it was supposed to. It was penciled in as a member of the World Junior Team uh, when Nick was a member of the Kitchener Rangers. And it, many people believed that it was either he or Halaschuk that would be uh, the last cut. Nick ended up coming down with an illness. Halaschuk makes the team. And what did he do? Scored the gold medal. 
winning goal. Right. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. Just that. Uh, he had he had a good run in the in the show. Did Nick? Did uh, he have that, that last year with Kitchener? Yeah. Or that Memorial Cup year with Kitchener? Forty. Did he go over forty? Thirty. Yeah. That okay. was when he had mono. Yeah. That was that year, and it kept him out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, we'll get Nick on for an extended version because he's told me some funny stories, and I don't know which ones I can tell and which ones I can't. Okay, we'll get so him. I'll just, we'll get him on for an extended cut. I like it, and uh, get some get some stories about his time both in Kitchener with Pete and Spot, um, and get some stories about Sid and his time with the Leafs, and some great stories about Jumbo uh, and Burns out in San Jose. There's there's some doozies I'm sure he'll open up about. All right, did I ever tell you the story I got about Jumbo? I don't know. All right, well, because look, I don't know him personally, but well, yeah, so while we're talking about stories about Jumbo Joe Thornton, uh, I guess last year, was it last year when he was injured during the playoffs? And uh, when when did the, two years ago, the the Sharks went to the Cup, right? Uh, It was 15-16, the year Nick was there. Okay, so Thornton's injured, and the team's playing, I think it was after game one, and they get back into the dressing room, and, and there's Joe sitting there in a towel, Buck naked, except for the towel, obviously. And DeBoer's like, Jumbo, what the hell, what the hell are you doing? He says, got to shower with the boys. <laughs> All pumped up. He just wanted to still be part of that team, yeah. right? So there he was, ready to shower. Spalls didn't tell me that story, so if you know that one already, <laughs> no. he told you separate. I was listening to a podcast today, and they had Burns on, and he was talking about Jumbo, and he said, yeah, he, he, like he's the guy that on days off will just come to the rink just to shower, just because he wants to be around the rink. So that goes to show you exactly uh, the type of story I, he told – Burns told the one story he was in uh, watching film some this one time and the coach paused it and goes, Jumbo, like, you got to shoot that, man. Like, he passed the puck, but he's like, you got to shoot that. Look at where you are. Jumbo just looks at him and goes, nah, I'm going to pass it. (laughs) 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 Nah, no, no, I don't. I'm Joe Thornton. Yeah. I, I don't really have to do anything. And when you're wonder. Joe Thornton, that's what you do. Okay, we'll get Spalls on for an extended chat at some point. We should. We'll let you arrange it with his agent. I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.